This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 30th, 2018. Christmas Road Trip Unpacking. Unpacking is really important after a trip, any trip, especially this trip after our Christmas road trip that we've been on for this past month. So that's what we're going to be focused on this morning, unpacking. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Mighty God, we thank you for gathering us here this morning for laughter and for joy and settle us in, God, that we might glean from your word found in scripture in the book of John, um, that it might come alive in our hearts and we might be changed and transformed so that we can make a difference out in the world. We pray this Mm -hmm. in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said... <clears throat> unpacking, you know, taking all the stuff out of the car, throwing away the trash, carrying the suitcases into the house and unpacking them, starting London and putting stuff, we're putting the suitcases where they belong, um, getting things back in order, you know, after road trip mode. I don't know about you, but if I don't unpack as soon as possible, I just keep putting it off. It seems like forever before I get things back in order, so... Kind of like those guys, if I don't get it right away, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today we're going to unpack from our Christmas road trip together, but it's going to be a different kind of unpacking. Rather than unpacking the car and unpacking suitcases, we're going to unpack what happened, what we've been talking about for the last few weeks, what we've experienced, what we saw, what we heard. Today's unpacking is going to deal with what we're taking away from our Christmas road trip and its impact on our lives. So to get started, let's just briefly recall the Christmas road trip that we've just completed and how we got here today. Uh, We started by planning and packing for the trip back on the 2nd of December, looking at some of the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One. And In addition to learning that the birth would take place in Bethlehem, we also read that this child would be born of a virgin, that he would come from the house and lineage of David, and that he would be Emmanuel, God with us. And so our takeaway from all of that was that this birth didn't just happen, didn't just come out of the blue, it wasn't an afterthought. Now, this birth in Bethlehem had been long planned, unexpected, And so we were reminded that we weren't just packing for this Christmas road trip, that we were, we are packing for eternity. And then the second week, December 9th, our focus was on Mary and how she was not only along for the ride when the angel told her that God had big plans for her, but how she fearlessly praised God. She praised the Lord as she went. Now, we're reminded by that week that God equips us, each one of us, with just what we need when God calls us to a particular uh, ministry, a particular way of being, whether it's at work, whether it's at home. We're also reminded that we don't have to worry about tomorrow since God is already there. Then on December the 16th, the battle cry was, don't make me turn this car around. 
as we focused on Joseph and how he decided at first not to take part in the nativity drama and then changed his mind after an angel visit in a dream. We gave consideration to how God will at times give each of us challenges that may seem a little more than we signed up for. And then the question is, how will we respond to those challenges? By turning the car around or by not letting the circumstance dictate our response? By responding in faith rather than fear as we seek God's help, as we follow God's direction for our lives, as Joseph did. And then last Sunday morning, gosh, it seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? <laughs> December 23rd, last Sunday, we had some fun with detours. Yeah, thank you. Detours, the kids were with us, so every time we heard that, everybody raised their hand. Detours and recalculations. And we looked at Mary and Joseph and the wise men and others who were rerouted from their normal routines, from their normal lives, and how God used those detours for their benefit and for his glory. And we asked the question, what do we do when we face challenges, when we face God's detours in our life? Are we willing to recalculate? Are we willing to go outside of our comfort zone and follow God's detours when God calls us to something particular, leaving behind the hopes and the dreams that we've so carefully laid out and formulated for our lives. And then on Christmas Eve, we asked the question, do you see what I see? As we considered what the shepherds experienced on the night of Jesus' birth, we considered just how overwhelming it must have been as the night sky filled with God's glory, as an angelic choir sang, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill. It was also a night like no other night as God's love came down in the flesh and changed human history forever. God's love, well, it invaded the world, didn't it? Invaded the world. And that night, because of that, we're able to experience unshakable love in our lives that carries us through. And so now it's time to unpack all that. And it was important to kind of reiterate where we've been and how that car is going along this road trip. Our focus this morning is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. This first chapter of John, it gives us a different perspective of Jesus' entry into the world. He begins this gospel with a summons to imagine the mysterious beginning the time before time. Verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. Hello, everybody got that? Clears a bell? Yeah. A lot of scholars believe that um, John wrote this book somewhere between 50 and 70 years after the birth of Christ. It's suggested by the intro and some footnotes um, to this book of John found in the NIV Study Bible. John was not writing here just to the Jews, but, you know, the word had spread to the Greeks as well. And so John is 
is kind of trying to reach two audiences, a broader audience here. And so when he uses this word in English translated the word, when he refers to Jesus, it has great meaning for both audiences here. The Greek term logos translates as both the written word and the spoken word or the word that is still in the mind, the reason. You know, it's logos is the root for a couple of English words like uh, logic and logistics, and you can see the connection there, I think. When the Greeks applied this idea to the universe, what they were meaning was that rational principle that governs all things, that glue that holds the that energy that runs the universe. Get it? And, and we know where that is. Now, the Jews, on the other hand, their word debar, which gets translated into the Greek logos, but their word for word, debar, has a meaning of the revelation of God. Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? God revealed in his word. God revealed in the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. And so by using uh, the, the, the New Testament, God was translated into Greek. So by using that logos, that Greek word, to refer to Jesus here in the opening verse of the gospel, John is choosing something that has great philosophical as well as theological value to both the Jews and the Greeks here. So John's opening helps dispel some false teaching of that time. We've talked about that in previous months, false teaching, and the scripture was clear about what is truth. Anyway, he was pointing out that the word Jesus, the word Jesus, was not only with God, but was God. Yeah. In other words, even though Jesus and the Father are both God, they are different individual persons. John points out that Jesus didn't just come into being at the birth in the stable, but that part of God has always been. It's that mysterious beginning, that time before time. If you're logical and you're trying to put it together, it just, it's just to God, to God. It's God. Time before time. He uses these same three words uh, at the beginning of Genesis, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning, to indicate that second person of the Trinity, the Word, who was always there with God, the Father. So when the universe was created, all things were made through the Word. Without the Word of God, nothing was made. Hmm. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Amen. So another footnote point out that this book of John, in this book of John, the term life is used 36 times. Well, no other New Testament book uses it more than 17. In other words, more than twice as often used in this book than any other book. So what John wants us to know is life is what Christ brings to the world. Life. 
Later on in Jesus' ministry, we refer to as new life, a changed life, a life that's made different by the one born in that stable, a life more like the life God intended when God first thought of us. Eugene Peterson paraphrases this uh, part of Scripture, verses 3 to 5, in his version of the Bible called The Message. Check this out. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. <laughs> I love the way he paraphrases that. Because that's what we're talking about, what happened as a result of that first road trip. The result of Jesus entering into the world. The life light blazed out of the darkness. Blazed out of the darkness. And the darkness couldn't put it out. Verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. So John the baptizer is the one being referred to here. He's the one we talked about on that road trip, the one that Gabriel promised to Zachariah and Elizabeth when she was considered barren. It was the child that God gave her, the one that leaped in her womb when Mary, pregnant with Jesus, came into her house. John was not the light, but he came witness to be the witness to the light. We're reminded here of Matthew 5.14, where Jesus tells the disciples that they are the light of the world. And when we become, make a decision to become a follower of Christ, we also are disciples of his. And so we're included in this. So we, when we're called the light of the world, it's, I think, more of a reflection of the light of Christ. Christ is the light. We're the reflection to allow the light of Christ to shine through us like those things you put on the window, those sun catchers, except we're going to change the spelling from S-U-N to S-O-N, catching the Son of God, hopefully His light shining through us, through our words and actions, through what we do, through how we act. We allow that light of Christ to shine through us and into the world. Like John the baptizer, again, we're not the light, we're not the salvation, we can't save anybody. It's not why we're here, but we can point people like John did to the Savior, and we can allow his life light to blaze through us to those we come in contact with. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own. And his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And so this true light, this life light, which has existed forever, which was there at the creation of all things, this word was now entering the world. 
It didn't begin at that point. It has always been, but it took human shape at that point. And looking ahead, ironically, even though everything that was created was created through him, the world did not recognize him for who he truly was. The world rejected him, Jesus the Christ. Even his own people rejected him. Rejected him so badly, so much, that he was hung on a cross to die. But those who do receive him, those who do accept him, those who do recognize him for who he truly is, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children of God. Not born in the flesh, not born through human conception, but born again. Spiritually born, reborn, born of God. So let's just take this in for a minute. When we receive Jesus, when we believe in him, we become his child, his kid. <laughs> Birth brings life, and we receive life, that new life, when we're born again through him. I love this, this scripture. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, say the rest with me, full of grace and truth. <laughs> we again like the way uh, Eugene Peterson paraphrases this, this little section of scripture, John 1.14. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> I love that. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. We wanted to lay this side by side. When you're reading your Bible, when you're studying, be sure that it's not a paraphrase. But the message does give us a different glimpse. It just sort of helps expand what we see. We see here that the word, God's word, the second person of the Trinity, the Christ, Jesus, became flesh and lived among us or moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> he joins us right where we are, right where we live, where we work, where we play. He doesn't bring us to him. He comes to us. He comes to us in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, meeting us right where we are, messed up and all, flaws and all. I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful that God loves me as messed up as I am. You know, this, this world, this world is chaotic and crazy and there's a lot of evil and love human love can be really fickle and conditional but God's love is not God's love is not conditional it is unconditional God loves you God loves me and there's nothing we can do about it God loves you and God loves me and there's nothing we can do to make God not love us I think sometimes we try I think sometimes we try to push God away so much like, okay, no, I, but God cannot not love you. 
That's God's personality just cannot not love. You can't do anything to make God love you more or less. So this verse also shares that we get to see the glory with our own eyes. The glory we talked about on Christmas Eve, the glory that manifested for the shepherds in the form of a celestial light show complete with angelic choir. That must have been pretty wild. (laughs) We might not get to see that manifestation, but we do get to see the glory manifested maybe in a different way, maybe more personalized for us. Just as powerful, just as majestic. That glory virtually impossible to define with words. You know, it's how do we describe that thing that is so beautiful that we just, you know how we say you just got to see it to believe it. On this road trip, we get to see the glory in the one that was born that day in the city of David. We see the glory of God manifested in the Son, in Jesus Christ. As, uh, as Peterson says, one of a kind glory. Yeah. Full of grace and truth. And Peterson calls that grace generous. God's grace is generous. God's love is generous inside and out. True truth. True from start to finish. Jesus, God's only son, full of grace and truth, he shares this truth by saying this, I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Sometimes late at night I have to go downstairs and we don't have lights on downstairs because we don't really need them. And it's always kind of weird when I do that. I mean, my eyes, since I've been asleep, are adjust. I can barely see, but, and I just get the feeling, this must be what hell's like, this darkness, an eternal darkness. It's a horrible feeling. But see, when the life light blazes into the world, there's no more darkness, is there? There's no more hiding, no more stumbling, (laughs) no more stumbling, crashing in the dark, no more despair, no more regret. The light, the light has come to help us avoid danger, shows us where to reach what we're after, exposes the bad stuff and frees us from the lurking power of the evil one. The light has come to free us from our chains, to forgive us our sin, and to bring us that joy that Satan just wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The light, Jesus, the life light, is hope, and it's promise, and it gives us purpose. And grace. Grace, God's solution to combat the darkness 
was to send the one who is light into the world by grace. Say John 3, 16, 17 with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God's grace. God's grace. Break that down. God's redemption at Christ's expense. <laughs> it's unmerited, undeserved love. That's what God's grace is. Loving us so much that he sent his one and only son coming into the darkness, blazing into that darkness so that we could know what light is and know it forever. That's the Christmas story in a nutshell, isn't it? Only light can defeat darkness, and the light has come. And so as we unpack this Christmas road trip, the ball's in our court. It's our choice. The word made flesh and moved into the neighborhood, and so the question for us is, are we going to be good neighbors? Are we going to open the door? Are we going to let him in? Are we going to welcome Jesus in, accept him into our homes into our lives, into our hearts. Accept that relationship that he came for, the relationship that he came to show us the depth and the breadth, the distance that he would go for each one of us. Are we going to embrace the light, capital L-I-G-H-T, light Jesus, instead of darkness? Or are we going to be aloof, kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, that just blows my mind. Why would we be like, I don't know. I don't know. Standoffish. No, no. The choice is ours. And so we, we implore for you to each really consider where you're at in that relationship with Jesus. Where are you? And to take one more step toward him to open up your heart, to let him in because he came for you with grace and truth. If there's anything going on inside, I mean, we've all got it. We've all got it. Go to God in prayer. Talk to God. Bruce and Pat and Cheryl, Sheila, Cheryl, yeah, is back there. I cannot see, is back there. They would love to pray with you. Don't miss the moment because the light has come to overcome the darkness. And that is good news for us. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, you are so great. And your word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. The word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Thank you, God, that you pierced the darkness and brought forth light, your light. God, we are humbled by your love. 
we are humbled by the gift of grace that you so lavishly share with us. Help us, God, take one more step toward you and trust and love even more. God, thank you for this road trip that we've been on, and we just praise your most holy and precious name. Great are you, Lord, and all the people great and sad. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.